to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, Sarah Ashley, Sean Moriarty, and Roxy Noberry. Okay, so uh, who saw Godzilla? Everyone in my family saw it without me, so I haven't seen it yet. Oh my god. <laughs> Have you saw it? Did you see it? Uh, yeah. Dave and I had a little mandate on, on Friday. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, yeah. Best and worst mistake you can make is after a really long and uh, strenuous cardio workout is to have beer. <laughs> uh, best because uh, the beer's effectiveness is like double. Did you but, let David touch you and your naughty bits? No, that did not happen. <laughs> but you guys all got very interesting text messages from him. Yeah, oh, died. we did. That and one when, and, selfie and really exactly. did it for me. And when his phone died, he just stole my phone. No way. Right. <laughs> and started texting you guys. Um, but we both saw... Godzilla pretty buzzed, yeah. Oh my god, and how was it? It's not terrible. Okay. Uh, we we were definitely. Uh, I guess you can you know you're a movie nerd when you know that even alcohol cannot deter your ability to spot out major flaws. plot holes or yeah. flaws in a film. Wow, were they that significant for you? Um, huh? Just major plot holes, just like that doesn't make sense compared to this. But overall, actually, I think if you're going in expecting some monsters to fuck some shit up, it's going to be a spectacular movie. I hear Brian great. Cranston is fantastic in it as he well. He is great in it. He is Brian underused, Brian Cranston's actually. good in everything, he though. He is Walter White, so... Yeah. And so, he can do no wrong these days. For all of our monster movie fans out there, you get the thumbs up. From <laughs> According to my friend, um, Godzilla is so big on screen. He doesn't. He he takes up so much space. He doesn't even fit on screen. Absolutely, and he does not disappoint. Either. <laughs> awesome. Godzilla does not disappoint at all. You just think oh, we're gonna need a bigger screen. Yeah, everything <laughs> you expect Godzilla to do in this movie, he does. Cool. So, nice. Yeah, he rocks it out. It's awesome. Sean, have you seen it yet? Or no, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. It's only been two days, but I've been busy with nerdonomy shit, so I don't get to go see movies like you guys sometimes. Oh, dude, I almost never get to go see movies in the theaters. I'm seeing everything on rental usually. Nice or VOD. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I consider going to movies these days as part of my like <laughs> obligation to nerdonomy. Like, I'm doing this for the podcast. Yeah, it's it's true. my job now. <laughs> it's, exactly. it's almost. It's actually a business expense, right? You can get it. Somewhat. You can get it written off if you wanted to. I, mean, you I really. Put- really wish that that was capable can we do that can we do that can i be keeping all my itunes receipts can you pay me to go um, see movies yeah like Harry oh, actually right. you, you you can we'll, nice. we'll talk afterwards oh yeah yes <coughs> business nice. expenses right you have to be just like a movie critic they can write off their movie tickets there we go it's part of their you know yeah. sweet dude what a life to thing. live man yep. <laughs> so anyway all right, enough about Godzilla, a far inferior film to what is coming up next week. I'm sure after next week, Godzilla is going to be a speck on the map that we will forget about. Actually, in two days, if you're listening to this, X-Men Days of Future Past, probably one of the most long-awaited superhero movies of all time, will hit us like a freight train. Like uh, a fucking freight train! Yeah. Like a wrecking ball! Oh. Nope, no, no, Miley Cyrus. Not like a wrecking ball at we all, actually. Unless, ball. unless it's the sound of someone, like, torturing Queefing? her while she's tied up in the cave. I don't want to hear of, about Miley Cyrus. Of, 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 <laughs> of all of the similes that you could have chosen, like a wrecking ball, no, not I'm really. Weak. I'm weak minded, okay? I'm sorry. You, you could have even made a metaphor and said it'll be like raining men do if I, you wanted to, and I it would still be better than saying like yeah. a wrecking ball. I'm comfortable with raining men. Shocking. It's raining X Men. You and me both. Yes. Oh! It's raining X Men. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Donna, who is that? 
Weather Girls. It was yeah. the Weather Girls. Awesome. Come you know on. Who wrote that song? I think Paul Schaefer wrote that song. Did he really? Yeah. I know that the one of the chicks from the Weather Girls, this is a really random tangent, <laughs> one of the chicks from the Weather Girls is also the same girl who did the Everybody Dance Now. But she was not included in the music video because she was considered too fat. That is such bullshit. Wow. Yep. <gasps> Yep. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Brian Moriarty. I'm Sarah Ashley. I'm Roxy Noberry. And I'm Sean Moriarty. Sean, buddy, this is your episode. This is like the episode that you've been wanting to do for like a month now. I don't know about that. I mean, <laughs> the movie comes out in two days, and so I figured it would only be proper to do it right now, but I wouldn't say I've been sitting here with my hand on my dick thinking about it. <laughs> don't lie days. to us. Do not lie to us. You sit there with your hand on your dick all the no, time. No, I have my hand on my dick now, but that's every <laughs> podcast. It's not like this is different. No different. <laughs> Folks, if you were ever wondering, now you know, Sean is much creepier than he sounds. <laughs> Sean, you Way can- Creepier. You would consider yourself a big X-Men fan, though, yeah? Oh, huge. Yeah. Wait, but on, on the creepy note, what's the difference between a pile of dead hookers and a Cadillac? Oh, my God. I don't have a Cadillac in my garage. Uh. That will give our audience an idea of how creepy I am. That gave Steve the thumbs up, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. He's like, awesome. Steve's <laughs> are... Uh, are gauge on the creepiness factor and it's <laughs> it's all it's good. okay though because hookers aren't real people anyway moving on <laughs> unless they're good ones um, so X-Men, hey but they're great what, monopoly uh... buddies <laughs> yes and hookers is that could be male hookers that could be female hookers that could be mutant hookers <laughs> oh we well, are... want to slice it pun intended uh, oh. Uh, oh. So, so, uh, Gross. Uh, uh, so, so, so what? Uh, what was everybody's? I want to hear everybody's first exposure to the X Men. Like, where? Where did you hear about the X Men? Where did your fascination and or obsession, in my case, start? Sarah, well, Let's Wolverine. Go with, oh yeah, Sarah. Wolverine exposed himself to me once. That was my first exposure. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) His little baby Wolverine. In her dreams. The real Wolverine? Like the comic book, five foot three brick shithouse Wolverine? Yes. (laughs) Must have looked like a hairy Canadian tuna can. It was... I just... I couldn't look at yellow and blue for a really long time. So, in other words, he looked like a really ripped Tom Cruise uh-huh. with very big hair. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's um, what this is supposed to be. Actually, like. so my in reality, my first exposure to X-Men was through the uh, animated series. Nice. The 1990s animated series. Um, I collected the Marvel cards. My brother um, read the Wolverine comics, and I would sneak them out of his room occasionally and read them myself. Mm. Um, but it was really what the... <laughs> <laughs> no, the pages did not stick together. Ew. Steve. Ew. <laughs> Mike, if you're out there. <laughs> time, um, to, time to own up to it. Right. Um, but yeah, I I was all I was really, really into X-Men more so than any other um, comic book franchise. So that was kind of my my first exposure to it. Cool. Okay, Roxy. Um, my first exposure was the first X-Men movie. <gasps> what? I know. Oh, that's right. You're younger. You forget she's a baby. Wait. I have a few years, but oh, yes, I'm well, younger. Wait, wait. What? Brian's <laughs> <laughs> face eyeballs just grew I wish three this sizes was bigger. <laughs> wow. I wish this was not just an audio podcast sometimes. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, okay? But this, uh, to be fair, I was watching the animated series in conjunction with the film. Okay. But the major motion picture piqued my interest. And gotcha. yeah, I was getting older and I was getting more into comic books and sure. more into that kind of folklore. And it definitely exposed me to the darker side and the darker themes. Because let's face it, the cartoon series was all about the action. It was all about the colors and the action. And there were politics and there were, you know, relationships like Jean Grey and Scott and all that and whatever. But very little story kind of peppered in. Well, the story was very condensed and um, it was dumbed down for children. Right, yeah. And we'll talk about that. Well, for me... That would be my exposure to it, was the the ca- cartoon series we all know and love from Fox Kids in the early 90s. It's actually kind of, a, kind of um, two, because there's that, but we, Sean and I actually played the X-Men Konami game from the 80s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Way before that. The one with oh, yeah, Cyclops the has the hooded. Oh, yeah, the three-panel arcade not, game. Not, the, not nice. that Cyclops with his hair. Yeah, it was it was the 80s because it had the 80s crew. It had Nightcrawler, Colossus, Wolverine, and, and Storm. And Cyclops, of course. Yeah. And Cyclops, yeah. Yes. Even though, according to the comics, Cyclops had took a walk because he couldn't handle that Gene was gone. <laughs> Fuck off, Scott. <laughs> Dude. We didn't need you anyway. Marvel versus Street Fighter. Ooh. That arcade oh, yeah. game was the shit. That must have been yep. so graphic. Oh, Marvel yeah. versus so Capcom. Good. Marvel versus Marvel, Capcom. Yeah, it was Capcom. so good. Because they included some other Capcom yeah, yeah, yeah. game characters. Cool. Yeah. So what about you, Sean? I It's the same for me. I was really into the uh, cartoon when I was a kid. And then I started collecting the cards like Sarah did. Oh, yeah. I, I remember the Masterpiece Collection was my favorite because it was each card was like a, a painting by an artist mm. but it was so small it, it was so detailed and amazing i had that full set and then mm. the next cards after that they had the ones where you collected um you collected all of them and when you put them into yeah. one of those sheets in a book it uh nine cards made one giant panel it was like <gasps> one right. giant piece right. of art That's and i had so almost cool. that entire set wow. i like to right. take time right now to call my parents fucking assholes for selling those at a garage sale <gasps> when I was out of town. No. That's, that's the ultimate heartbreak for yeah. me. No. Yeah, you wonder why I was so crazy Anyone. in my 20s and did whatever the fuck I wanted? It's because you did this to me. <laughs> well, the X-Men cards. Well, the good news is we have almost the same collection in the Nerd Cave now. Wow. Uh, th- that's yours, right, sir? One one of those binders is mine, and the then the Eric. other two are Eric's. Yeah, so... Dude, can I whip one of those out right now and, like, scroll through? Yeah. Oh, whip, Sean whip was, it out. You can whip yeah. out whatever you want. I'm gonna be right back. I'm gonna yeah, go whip it out. do your thing. Uh, Sean was way into the X-Men when we were kids. I think that's kind of where Sean and I deviated a little bit, Ooh. because we loved watching Fox Kids. That was, like, our Saturday morning. We would both watch Power Rangers... I would kind of watch Batman the Animated Series, and Sean would kind of watch it too, but when it came to X-Men, I kind of lost interest after the f- first season, mm. and Sean got really hardcore into that, and I got really hardcore into Batman, which is kind of also why I'm wearing my Batman t-shirt tonight. Um, but no, it's it's okay. Batman's like the Wolverine of the DC Universe, so it's a, it, it makes sense. It kind of works. Yeah, but this okay. isn't an episode about Batman. This is an episode about Are X-Men, you saying Batman's so Canadian? Let's stick to I, the... I'm no. pretty sure Iron Man is the Batman, but... You, you know... You know what? What Brian's trying to get at is when they did the Amalgam comics in the 90s where they (laughs) blended characters from each one, they blended Wolverine and Batman into, like Brian said, Dark Claw. Which was awesome. Baby, baby. 
Dude, I'm looking at these cards right now. Who, Sarah, these are yours, yeah? No, these ones are Eric's. Okay, these are Eric's X-Men yeah. cards. Mine are, mine are older. Like, I have, like, 90s ones, and I have some 80s ones. Yeah. So they are the 94 Fleer Ultra X-Men collection. And it's really cool because I like how, Sean, you mentioned the artists would take time to create these really beautiful portraits mm-hmm. of the X-Men. Because if you look at the original comic series, like, the art... It's not that good. Oh, in the no. 90s? Ser- well, it was the 90s. <laughs> and it was on Fox Kids. Like, so they were... Well, I'm actually talking about the actual original comic Oh, no, books. yeah. Oh, the original actual comic 60s, books? Yeah, okay. yeah. Any comic books in the 60s, if Pretty you bad. Well, look at them now, look like shit. Yeah. Well, who was the X-Men yeah. started by? It was started by John Romita Sr.? And Stan Lee. Okay. Stan, Stan Lee, Lee himself. The grandfather of all modern... The only, the only um, Marvel character he really didn't create officially was uh, Namor and... Well, the original Human Torch, Namor, and Captain America. But he really? all found ways of working them back in with Steve Ditko yeah. in the New Avengers. So Stanley has a his hand in the honeypot for almost any um, modern characters. And okay. interestingly enough, just to kind of throw this in there, he was getting tired of giving people weird sci-fi origins like bitten by radioactive spiders or cosmic rays. So he decided, no, M- they're just going to be mutations, more Mutations, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. yeah. Evolution. Exactly. And right. commentary on civil rights and all that. Exactly. Absolutely it was it the is. commentary of the civil rights movement, totally. I love it. Great. Yes, <laughs> we talk about black rights with a bunch of white superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, yeah. But it wasn't, it was more than just that because... It can be blue too, you know. Right. Men can be all (laughs) sorts of colors. But the civil rights movement was more than representing just, I mean, yes, obviously African Americans were like huge in that, but it developed into uh, gay rights, women's rights, the rights of the elderly later Mm. on too. So, I mean, it's really, it's really representing any sort of... Uh, minority, pretty much. Yeah, repressed minority. And also, the thing is, is we're also looking at um, post-World War II. So it could also be a reflection on what happened with the Jews in, during the Holocaust. So there's a lot of there's a lot of that majority minority who has the power and what can you do with that much power. Sure, yeah. So and that, course, that's just thematic throughout the entire series. Right, and of course they did it later. They, they worked that in with Magneto, of course. Yeah. Uh, later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of working it in with Magneto, so... After the X-Men series, there wasn't much with regards to live action or animated stuff that, that touched on the X-Men until the 2000 X-Men movie. Though I'd like to mention specifically, do you remember the show Generation X that was very short-lived on Fox? I do, yes. I didn't. Yeah. I don't think I watched it. It had the lady that, oh, what is her name? She was, she was in General Hospital for the longest time, and she was in that terrible ski movie, Aspen Extreme. She was the white queen, and you then they had Emma Jubilee. Frost, yeah. It was a very, it was a, the awesome thing was it was like an, it was a female-centric show, and it was all female mutants that they were talking about. It wasn't all much. female, but it was, there was a, there was a definitely a strong they were the focus. female cast to it. Oh, okay. Um, let me actually look it up real quick. I have it right. Was it? Any good? No, yeah. it was terrible. It didn't oh. get it didn't get past the pilot. So oh, was it not good because of well, what made it not good? The give me the give uh, me production that. value for sure. Oh, this was okay. a, this was a mid '90s show, so ah. you know, yeah, uh, pretty much. And the only reason I think they were able to try it out in prime time is because they had, had success with Lois and Clark. Yeah, uh, and with I, superheroes. Yeah, and I think the only reason that they were doing it was to see what they could do with some characters that were lesser known than in the cartoon i mean because they avoided like every major character that everybody would want to see which shows me that they were probably being really guarded they're like all right let's see what we can it was a really early example of let's see what we can do with these marginal 
characters. And, and they did try to bring in some well-known characters from the comic books. Jubilee, like you mentioned, was, sure. was a major part of it. Uh, Emma Frost, played by Finola Hughes, like you were talking about, was uh, not a villain, though. She was one of the kind of the mentor-like characters, which was kind of weird. Um, Emma Frost has been a, a, has played both sides, though. Right. But, yeah. I mean, that's that's just her character. Um, Sean Cassidy, of course, um, also known as Banshee, was a, uh, one of the more... Oh, he's kind of a, he's kind of a, characters. a fringe character, though, I feel like, from most X-Men major popularity. Yeah. He kind of, yeah, he's one of those characters who I don't really think takes much of a side. Yeah. I don't think he's he's really, I mean, he's been with the X-Men, obviously, but he, he, he kind of... But who hasn't? I mean, people, like, at least in the comic lore, people team up with X-Men all the time. Their whole team lineup changes so much. Sure. Same yeah. thing with the Avengers. Not, uh, you still have your core. Right. But, And, and plus, they also tried uh, using characters from the actual Generation X comic book, too. So they okay. had characters like Skin and Mondo, okay. uh, who were popular around that time. So mm-hmm. they tried to do this weird mesh, and it didn't quite work, I don't think. Mm. Yep. So that was the first live action piece of X-Men that we'd seen and they didn't get past the pilot stage. And then in 2000, 20th Century Fox takes a gamble, but not that big a gamble because they only wanted to spend $75 million, which is, you know, nothing compared to what the Batman and Superman movies had been spending, even if you're looking at inflation uh, before that, which were the only real superhero vehicles they had. Mm. Before that, I mean, you had Warner Brothers was doing Superman and Batman movies, but there weren't really any big budget superhero movies until Fox took a chance with X-Men in 2000. Yeah, it's true. I mean, even Blade from a couple years before, which was, some people argue, was the precursor to give them at least the, the try it. Mm, it was it. one year before. Uh, so 98. they were in development around yeah. the same time. It was in development, yeah, but 98 was when Blade came out, and and it, it was not as big of a budget movie either, and it was only marginally successful. Like, it was a hit. It didn't bomb, but... Blade's an obscure Marvel character. I don't think yeah. even a lot of people even knew it was a Marvel character right. at first. But this was a big one, right? Because this was the first one to ha- to handle the, the, the Marvel moniker on it mm-hmm. before yes. the credits. It yes, was like- and you know what's funny about the X-Men movie is if you look at the comics, if you, if, if you were making the X-Men today, you'd probably make an X-Men movie that had, you know, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Beast, Angel. You'd do the actual origin story because that is what you do these days. People trust the comics and trust the story. But because the cartoon was so popular, you notice that all of the characters that are featured in the X-Men in 2000 are all huge in the TV series. It was all the characters Uh, from the TV series except for Gambit. And Jubilee. And Jubilee. Yeah, well, Jubilee was a huge part of the beginning of the series. She was integral and like they introduced the X-Men in the cartoon through the eyes of Jubilee coming into the team being ready. She was like the conduit for the Right, Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like They didn't include her in the movies and instead they gave rogue that that role yeah right. and they kind of yeah but i understand why though because jubilee's powers kind of suck, suck. ass yeah yeah, yeah she not, basically was an, not as bad she just chills as in the background until fourth of july and then she comes out and helps out and then she goes back i feel like dazzler and her are kind of similar when it comes they're to similar powers. but jubilee just makes fireworks and dazzler makes light yeah mm. she just makes Light. I remember liking <laughs> Jubilee's hair in the cartoon. She had yeah. such volume. <laughs> yeah. Right, she had that kind of like punky '90s look to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. With her so, like Doc Brown jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Fingerless. So, gloves. Sarah, what did you think of the first X Men movie when you saw it? I liked it. I was caught up, however, with the storyline um, and how it differentiated from the original comics from the animated series that I had known, the lore that I had already kind of grown up with. I I was annoyed that Rogue took the Jubilee role because I felt like it kind of 
I don't know. For some reason, I just something about Rogue and Wolverine having that relationship that Jubilee and Wolverine had just kind of like to me was like, wait, what do you do? Why are you? Why? Why? Yeah. Why? 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 Um, I thought it was a missed opportunity to maybe include other cool characters um, that didn't necessarily make the TV series, like Psylocke, um, who didn't Ooh. show and she didn't show up until later. Um, I, I just, I just felt like there were. It, so it took me a while to just be like, okay, this is not the comics. This is not. The animated series and that's okay because how many times have comics rebooted they did the ultimate universe like all those things it's okay it's okay <laughs> and then when i went back and kind of watched it again with putting all that aside i really enjoyed the movie mm-hmm. they did something really important which was capture the spirit and the heart and the theme of what x-men's all about and um, i think they did it in a really great way I mean, I don't think any of us are going to be able to forget that opening scene of a young Magneto as a child of the Holocaust. Right. You know, and that heart-wrenching moment of him reaching out for his parents and breaking open the gate with his powers. And the guards holding him back. And the moment that he gets knocked out, just falling to the ground and everyone else just going down with him. Such a powerful moment. Right. No, totally. And I think that 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 scene set the tone for not only that movie, but the entire series. It was see what happens to groups of people who are different, what has happened in human history. Mm. And then now let's move forward. Let's show you what's going to happen if this evolutionary jump possibly happened with people. Yeah, I think think what you guys are all saying is right. Like the the theme was what drove the that movie and the theme of intolerance against minorities or the intolerance against those who are different whatever you want to call it that was what made the movie work um i i agree with kind of sarah i wish that they had done the original uh x-men and they kind of hinted at it that gene gray and cyclops were like the original original yeah and that they kind of worked people in as they went along mm-hmm. um and I, I appreciate that they they worked Iceman in uh, i would have loved to have seen beast and angel from the beginning mm, i wanted gambit too. Yeah. i wanted gambit from the beginning yeah. yeah i i i personally didn't care if wolverine was in it but knowing that he's the most popular x-men character for them to. not to do that would have been uh, a very bad business move so i yes. get why they had to put him in there yeah i i remember when i first was waiting to see the movie they were like, and Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. And I was like, who the fuck is Hugh Jackman? And he right? wasn't the original why, either. Why is he not five foot three? Yeah. Why <laughs> is he not like six feet wide, but five foot three? The, the, shoulders? The original, why is he not as hairy as I want him to be? The original guy they got was closer in height. It was Dugray Scott. Oh. Uh, who, uh, he had to drop out because he had also taken the part as the villain in Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. Oh, thank God. And because of that. That movie was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so because of that, they had Holy to recast him. Shit, Dugray Scott. He looks like he could have been Wolverine. Yeah. However, yeah. can I just say... <gasps> he was the prince in Ever After. I yeah. just... I just want to put hands on Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I just mm. I just want hands on him. I just... Mm. Has anyone else noticed that he's gotten, he's gotten progressively more ripped as the Oh, yeah, time yeah. In the first one, he was oh, pretty I've skinny. Noticed. I watched it. I watched the first one yesterday and was like, Hugh Jackman needs a sandwich. Like, <laughs> Compared to what he looks, I mean, in the Wolverine, the most recent Wolverine movie, he was huge. Like, mm-hmm. he was in the best shape he's ever been in in his life. Isn't that why they're saying, though, yeah. that what he can't really continue on as Wolverine, that they're they're going to be considering recasting him because he can't well, yeah. keep up with the workout regimen? Yeah, well, he's he's in, he's now, he must be in his early 40s at this point. Yeah. No, he's 50, almost. He's Shut 50? Up. Wow. Yeah. 
I'd still do them. Google, do not <laughs> fail me oh now. <laughs> I'd still do I'd still do them. Interesting <laughs> side story, too. They originally approached Russell Crowe about Russell Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe about playing the part. I will not oh. play. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm so happy that didn't happen. Yeah, but he My rejected My claws are coming out. <laughs> uh, I can barely sing. No, you guys, he's 45. He's 45, okay. Jackson is 45. Um, but thankfully, because... Almost 50, like I said. Oh, Because <laughs> of Hugh Jackman and his friendship, Crowe recommended... The studio to look at him instead sure. wow. and that's what kind of got him the audition in well, the first wow place. wow what a career starter Ooh. and i yeah. will say stellar casting across the board on that first oh x-men God, movie yeah. okay <laughs> because when, when i used to watch mm-hmm. uh the animated series and i was a kid and it was kind of my imagination ran with me a lot what was your fantasy i on no i honestly <laughs> thought for the longest time, that Professor X and Captain Picard were the same person. <laughs> so when it actually happened, I felt so validated. So and that was like the fan pick since like it 1996. Was. Yeah, because yeah, we read that in um, in Wizard, Wizard Magazine yeah. where they do nice. cast a movie. It's like Dreamcast. Right. Right. And Absolutely. Patrick Stewart was in there. And I think, although they were a little off, they were like, Danny DeVito should play Wolverine because he's <laughs> full of hair. Okay. Because, well, technically, Logan wasn't in the best shape. He was kind of like Captain America. He got sure. ripped after the procedure that gave him the animantium. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, just the way that uh, that Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen just captured the relationship. Oh, and my that, God. And between Professor X and Magneto was insanely good. I still have that opening scene committed to memory because it just oh, yeah. it builds attention so well. Yeah. Are you sneaking around in here, Charles? It's just, Charles, it just, they did it, did it so for? well. My only problem oh. then, if, if we're looking, if we're looking at actors mm-hmm. and some of those choices, why on earth did Halle Berry attempt an accent if she knew she couldn't? You do know it? what? <sighs> she dropped it later on too. Well, it's, yeah, funny, it, it's funny that it you say that, Sarah, out. because I was watching the enhanced version of the X Men 1.5 DVD where it pops up little X's and stuff, so you can click and watch behind the scenes footage. Yeah, and deleted scenes. Okay, to make that movie as awesome as it was and not have the holes that other cheesy superhero movies had had, they cut out a lot of people's acting performances. For example, they nearly completely eliminated the lines that Sabretooth had because that guy who played Sabretooth was just a wrestler and with with the mouthpiece in, he couldn't speak correctly. And they cut out a lot of Storm's dialogue because if you watch the deleted scenes, she has like a heavy accent through parts of it and then through other parts of the movie it's very light and i think they did the best that editor is amazing for doing the best job they could to only have her have a little bit of an accent here and there so they could just eliminate it in the future right mm. yeah. yeah it just it it was barely there and i just i just don't think she could just pull it off and then it phased out after like what the third movie was gone right yeah it would have been better if they put Angela Bassett in there which is what the wizard <laughs> casting said thank you mm. thank you i was just going to say that Angela Bassett, when I heard that name in the wizard casting, I was like, oh, oh, that's that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. That's absolutely perfect. Because she looks like the the illustrations of Storm too. Nice. You know? Halle Berry was just kind of like a, a all right, well, let's, we'll see what happens. You well, know? and it depends on which Storm you're looking at, right? If we're looking at the 90s Storm that we kind of grew up with, then yeah, she does have a somewhat of a Mother Gaia approach to her, <laughs> which would be perfect for Angela Bassett. But don't forget that Storm later on down the line has got a fucking mohawk. Right. <laughs> and, and I think we're seeing signs of that now with the fact that Halle Berry won't let them 
put a wig on her now. That that, that was one of her contract things. Is that mm-hmm. after X Men three, no wigs. She's nice. going with yeah. her hair as is or not at all. Nice. Yeah, she um, well, she's she, been very will vocal she go white? about those movies. Well, yeah, her hair's white in the movie. She yeah. refused to do X two unless they made Storm a bigger part of the story because she yeah. was not in very much of the first X Men. And thank God because Storm was. Awesome in X. Storm's a great Dude. character. Yeah, am, She's am such I, a great character. Am I going nuts? Did they put bangs on Storm in the first movie? Yep, they were the worst yeah. bangs I've ever seen. Thank you for saying that, because that like this like that is like <laughs> talk the, about a shitty so cop job. Obviously a wig. <laughs> it's you know, I, I would love to see an origin story about Storm because oh, yeah. in mm-hmm. Storm's native country, she's viewed as a goddess because mm-hmm. of her weather changing powers. Yeah, she's the weather witch. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so. yeah, and she's got a really powerful story too. She was like uh she was a thief. She was a mm-hmm. thief that worked for I forget the guy's name. It was a warlord in Africa. I was just reading. Wow. But yeah, her story is really awesome and and eventually because these it doesn't look like there's any stop to superhero movies. I hope we get there. Mm. Well, I mean that that needs for them to make a solo female superhero movie, which is an episode probably all into itself. Miss <coughs> Marvel, Miss <coughs> <The>, Marvel, <laughs> the, yeah, and the inability for yeah. Hollywood to actually accurate, effectively execute a f- solo female superhero movie. Yeah, what, one that's not Electra. Exactly. Uh-huh. Well, but even that one was kind of lackluster, and we've yeah. got they've got great stories to go off of. Mm-hmm. It's just like it just really. But you notice the ones who have it, Elektra and Catwoman, are also ones who are very definite secondary to their main... Yeah, they're obscure characters. Their main, yeah. Well, they're, Elektra is Darede- Daredevil's girlfriend. Right. Catwoman is an adversary to Batman. Slash the, love interest, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Point being, right. they're not doing an independent female character. Nothing stands on... Yeah, they don't stand yeah. on their own. Exactly. I, I know plenty of people who have been waiting to see a Wonder Woman movie come out. Like okay, you said, yeah. or oh, Miss, God, now, Miss Marvel, Wonder I'm glad you brought that up because... I'm glad they didn't do Rogue's super strength and flight capabilities because they would have had they to explain have... the whole Miss Marvel mm-hmm. storyline. And it, I know it would have made it <sighs> okay. They would have it would have made it much more complicated. Yes, however, I feel like that is an opportunity that they can take later on down the line if they want to keep making X Men movies. Sure. If they want to do a Rogue movie, if they want to do a Miss Marvel movie, because for those of you who don't know. Um, the only reason why Rogue has super strength and can fly in the animated series and, and just in that generation part of it is because Ms. Marvel, Carol Danvers' Ms. Marvel, because the, a lot of people have taken the name. There's, there's Ms. Marvel from the Captain Marvel family as well. Yeah. No, so Ms. Marvel was in a coma. Rogue put her in a coma and took all of her powers. And as long as Ms. Marvel was in a coma, Rogue had her super strength and could fly. Wow. Right. And the reason why you can't bring in Miss Marvel right away is because Carol Danvers is not a mutant. Mm-hmm. She got her powers from the Kree, and the yeah. Kree are the, are this extraterrestrial race. humanoid yeah. race that uh, also explains Marvel's version of Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her, her powers are similar to yeah. Marvel, yeah. who's Captain Marvel in the Marvel Universe. Well, and then... And then- Carol Danvers later became Captain Marvel. She's also been Warbird. And so it just, it gets really crazy. And now the new Ms. Marvel right now is... Um, uh, is a Muslim girl, mm-hmm. and so there, there's like a whole, there's a whole thing happening. The there's some first there's, time there's been a Marvel few. has ever had a Muslim superhero. Yeah, yeah. Same thing f- with uh, DC. There's a there's the current Green Lantern is also nice. Muslim. There you go. Like yeah. there's just that's why I had to kind of set aside my my feelings on some of what they did with some of the storyline because of the fact that you have to somehow streamline it, you have to somehow dumb it down because it is way too much for <laughs> yeah. just one you know movie. Yeah. to happen you know yeah and like we were talking about how um m- how mystique 
could easily have her own spinoff because of the popularity of Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? absolutely. And um, there's the whole idea, the plot line of Mystique being the mother of Nightcrawler. Right. And how they did feature Nightcrawler in, was it X2 or X3? X2. X2. Okay, it's X2. They could have easily made that connection there and made the plot even more complicated, but... Right. But they didn't. I think the fact that they didn't and they focused more on the idea of him being a circus freak and an outsider. Yeah. Well, they would have also had to explain the fact that Rebecca Romaine looks younger than Alan Cumming. And that but that's the thing, though. Ah, that's although, one of because his of powers. her mutation, she looks much, much younger. Yeah, yeah she can, she she can control her aging, right? Because mm-hmm. she's really more or less as old as Xavier is. Yeah. Apparently, she's uh, over hundreds of years old. Yeah. 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 And that she was around since the 1900s. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so cool. She's been Although, you know, like the film series, we'll get to first class later, but they show her as like a little girl version of herself, which I don't think is, you know. Well, I mean, if you want me to, to go into the laundry list of continuity errors that mm. take place uh, in these movies, I yeah, exactly. could spend the next like half hour saying, talking this about is them. The, the movie universe stands alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it has to with every, because when you're thinking about writing a, a hundred page script, when you have 30 years of comics to go, you have to figure out a way to make it its own universe. And I'm all for that, as long as you do two things. You execute it properly, and you make it consistent. Mm -hmm. And they are very inconsistent with the changes they are making. But can we agree, though, that the X-Men universe overall is probably one of the most complex and intense and convoluted and just But at the same time, relevant. Huh? Yeah, it, oh, absolutely. But at the same time, the most relevant. Absolutely. Sure, no, definitely. Yeah. But there's so many plot lines yeah. and so many ideas. Yeah. And it's just hard to pick and choose. I, I did find it interesting that when Marvel did their big Civil War storyline about five years ago, where yeah. the entire Marvel Universe was at war over two different ideologies, right? Freedom yeah. of, of, uh, of expression and privacy versus basically conformity with the system. And I thought it was very interesting that the X-Men were noticeably neutral on that they mm. they were t- kind of dealing with their own problems and they well, didn't yeah. want to get involved with that whole situation I mean privacy and cerebro don't necessarily <laughs> like hey, 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 hey. he's only looking for mutants right, right. It's, it's okay but he's only looking for mutants yeah it's that's, no. that is like Cerebro and Professor Xavier well, effectively have NSA just in his head right well, there. So. Effectively, well, so there, there's the whole thing, but thankfully Xavier isn't evil. Yes. So, you know. Speaking of Cerebro, Cerebro was really featured heavily and was a huge plot point in X2. And let's take this time to talk about the sequels. And when I say the sequels, I mean X2 and X3. We're going to avoid talking about the Wolverine movies because although they are awesome and they do kind of work into the continuity there. for discussing Days of Future Past, I don't think it's necessary to, to do those. We can do a whole Wolverine episode. Yeah. Later. We, can, yeah. we can skip X-Men Origins Wolverine altogether. I'd like to talk about <laughs> yeah. Wolverine hey. on a different Wolverine episode because yeah. I definitely you know have what? a lot of opinions about Wolverine. Mini tangent, dickhole. X-Men Origins Wolverine, though not a great movie all put together, at least talked about Logan's real origin yeah. and him being... It's and that, somewhat... You have to give it, it that. It uh, somewhat alluded to the original graphic novel origins. Yes. I Only will in give the it, first five minutes. I will give it that. Yeah. But everything else, it's just like, you've created so much inconsistency. And I'm sorry. The story, I got it. I just... It was so poorly executed. I was very disappointed in X-Men. That's all I'm saying. Gavin Hood... Wolverine. But we don't have to talk about that. We can take another I'll episode. talk about yeah. that 
Let's in stylistic later. differences later. So yes. X2, X-Men United. <laughs> I was there opening day in the morning to see that movie. Nice. I was losing my fucking mind. And <laughs> after I saw that, and I think a lot of comic book fans could say this too. After that movie, honestly, I felt like that was the best comic book movie that had been made. And I'm that's that's a year after Spider-Man. Wow. That's yeah. a that was the best statement. comic book movie ever made at that point. Yeah, yeah, at that point, definitely. I definitely felt like it, it was a great middle act. It was. It yeah. definitely elevated the tension and the plot, and you kind of had this feeling of where do we go from here? You know, because they, you know, when you have a major character, you know, I mean, spoilers. Just, but it, it it's been ten years at this point. I know. I know. If you don't know anything about X Men, why are you listening to yeah. the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been ten so years. So she since dies with quotation marks, but yeah. every fan knew when they could see the silhouette of a bird flying over. And the, the fact water that she, you saw the phoenix, what looked like yeah. the phoenix forks coming out of her right before the tidal wave. Right. Yeah, and you over. could see flames in her eyes. We all knew the phoenix saga was coming. Yeah. Right. Amazing. Which again, and we all thought if Brian Singer held on to it, he could do something great with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then fucking Brett Ratner came and ruined everything. Well, let's be fair. <laughs> there were two reasons why that happened. Brian Singer was in pre-production on X Men Three, and then got the offer to do Superman Returns. And oh, he, thank God he did that, Brian. Uh, thank God. He always wanted to do a Superman movie, so even though I, he'll never do yes. another Superman movie and again, you know what? I, I have it. a soft spot for it in my heart. It was a bad choice. Okay. <laughs> but you know who wasn't a bad choice was his replacement. Matthew Vaughn was originally the replacement, which was his DP yeah. for a lot really? of earlier films. And he had done other movies called Layer Cake. He, You, of course, know him later because he did X-Men First Class. Right. Wait, wait. Yeah. Real quick time. And he did Kick-Ass. Yeah, exactly. Time. DP. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yes, Sarah. Uh, DP. Uh, yeah, we don't want to talk about who Brian Singer's DP was, though, because it could be, you know, yeah, well, a Sean... 12-year-old. It could oh, be hey, whoa. Hey, hey, hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Akbar. I'm sorry I had to say it. Um, <laughs> Asshole. Uh, Matthew Steve's Vaughn. clapping for you. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. Matthew Vaughn left the project six weeks before shooting. He left? He left the project. So it was one of those situations where they had to oh, find I a director real fast. Like, and who's going to make Singer a movie? left, and they were like, oh, we can just bully this dude into doing whatever the fuck we want because he doesn't have the gravitas Singer did. <gasps> and then Matthew Vaughn left. And then so Brett Radner was like, he was the third string quarterback that you pull in when <laughs> when you've got no other choices. Yeah. And, and Brett I'm, Ratner's like, oh man, I was working on Rush Hour 7, and I, I but okay, I'll do your stupid <laughs> fucking comedy. But he also made last minute changes to the script too, which were really... Yeah. Mm. I I need to make a retraction, guys. I stated earlier, sorry, this is kind of off topic, but not really. It's still about X-Men. Um, I stated earlier that X-Men was created by John Romita Sr. It was actually done by Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby and, and Stanley. And Stanley, yes. Yes, so I retract that. I'm sorry to oh all my Oh my God, fans. yeah, there's so many nerds sighing relief right now and like <laughs> stop typing their strongly worded email. <laughs> I apologize. I think my problem with X3 though was that it was wall-to-wall action. You only have one very... problem with X3? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my biggest problem. It's and it's nice. the reason why I've never seen it more than one and a half times. Oh, I've seen it like a hundred times, and you want to know why? Okay, why? FX. Fucking sure. FX won't stop showing that movie, go. so FX I catch it all the time. Movies. Uh, my uh, problem is everything with to do with Dark Phoenix. Everything to do with Dark Phoenix. Yeah. 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 It, but uh, there, was, there was so much action, and there was no heart. There was like, it's like where... 
part of the reason why X-Men is so good, again, is is the relationships yeah. and the team and the, the, the theme. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, Angel, it was, yeah. Angel was underused, too. Yeah, absolutely he was. There was just, like... And it was so much, so much on top of, like, like what... <sighs> Let's have this drug that strips mutants of their powers, and that yep. was, and then Dark Phoenix, which is, I mean, it's called the Dark Phoenix Saga for a reason. You give it more than just a secondary yeah. storyline. But then they have to work in the Shi'ar Empire to do that, <sighs> and that is a. Yeah, I know. So then you want to see X Men in space? Well, fine. Then that's like a whole other ten. That movies. is a whole other X-Men thing. X Men in space. Snick, snick. You can't hear Snick in a low oxygen. And that's also, by the way, in case anyone wondering that is why xavier has the hover chair in yeah. the comic books and yeah. in the animated series that hover so chair was a gift from the shiar let's all try to see the good for this moment right now in x3 i thought the things that they did very well honestly okay spoilers the fucking end with wolverine having to kill her and mm. getting blown apart say what you will about the whole movie but that part was fucking outstanding yeah. yeah. That actually actually reached in and actually touched my heart during that part. Again, but that's like one of the few parts that actually has any real emotion to oh, it. Oh, yeah. That's and that's why few, it yeah. stands out because it was like, yeah. oh, there, there it is. There was so much going on. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have to do like the Kitty Bobby thing and like Rogue kind of going off by herself. That I felt like that whole part of the story was the only part that serviced like the... That part was unnecessary, but without that part, the whole cure thing didn't make sense. Yeah. So you could have just taken that all out. Yeah. Uh, juggernaut was not used correctly oh, at all. I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. Yeah. I'm the Juggernaut, bitch, which is a U2 lyric, which did not believe. I bet you Brett Ratner's just a huge U2 fan. Oh, and, God. You know, I love Vinny Jones. He could have been great as Juggernaut, but they totally effed that costume. Yeah. You know, I really loved Ben Foster awful. as Angel. Ben Foster oh, looked yeah. the part, but yeah. he was just—he had like two lines in the whole goddamn movie. Yeah, he just—he just had a sad face, and he's like, "My." Dad and he's a Deus Ex Machina at the end oh, of the yeah. movie too. Oh, yeah, he comes out yeah, he literally out of nowhere just to swoop in and save his father, and that's it. That's, that's like it. the last time you see him, and you see him flying yeah. away toward the end. It was kind of like, what was the point of that at all? Like, it really—it made. Little to no sense. And wait, real quick, backtracking, Juggernaut, isn't he actually like Xavier's half-brother? Kane Marco, yep. yes. He was, wow. He his powers are not mutant. They are mystical in nature. Yeah. And they totally F that up too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so X3, by the end, when we're talking about setting up Days of Future Past now, because we're about to see this movie. So at the fucking end of X3, Professor Xavier got, you know, blown to ashes by the Phoenix and then apparently transferred his consciousness, if you watch after the credits, into that coma body. Remember there was a body of a dude in a coma? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So explain to me why the coma body dude looks just fucking like Professor X in this new or movie. How, like, about how are they f- going to explain that? Or how about the fact that he uh, gets paralyzed at the end of X-Men First Class? No, 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 no. I figured that all out. I bet you because Xavier is still dealing with that emotionally that he's telepathically projecting him being able to walk to everybody around him because he's uncomfortable. All right, fine, whatever. Well, well fine. That's my theory for the new movie. Hmm. How about we haven't Mar- got to first class, Brian. You're skipping ahead. Well, how about Don't Moira McTaggart being the same age after 50 fucking years? Moira McTaggart, yeah. Yeah. How about that? Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Hmm. That's right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what do you mean? Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. So Rose is Rose Byrne playing her in the Yeah. Yes. 
So but, he's playing her in the 60s or early 70s, and correct. he's she's also playing her in the you know dystopian future. But in the in the timeline for X Men Three, Moira McTaggart is the same age as Moira McTaggart is in the 60s. It doesn't make any sense. No, I know. Well, th- like we said, they have to fuck around with shit. Like, think about it. <laughs> yeah, and they look totally different, but that's beside the point. Well, um, I mean, casting. Yeah. You can only do so much. So, I mean, there's a couple of major problems there. There's also the fact that, um, I- I'm sorry, I'm having a really hard time having this conversation without bringing in the spinoff movies because they tie into this overall arching storyline, and it's very hard to, to discuss them without mentioning. If you need to touch on them, Brian, touch on them. Touch them, Brian, touch them. How about em. the fact that Xavier is walking at the end of, of the <laughs> X-Men Origins Wolverine movie, and then he's then he's... Again, paralyzed earlier on in X Men First whoa, Class. Whoa, 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 whoa! What are you talking about? Do you not remember the scene when Wolverine is freeing all those mutants from Stryker's base? Like the young Cyclops is there and a bunch of other mutants, and the person leading him out is a walking Xavier. And the fact that he's also walking in the beginning of X Men Three when they meet Jean Grey for the uh, first time. Like mm-hmm. I said, if it's anywhere in between First Class and this new movie. He could be so distraught. Obviously, we've seen that he's distraught and he's second-guessing everything he's believed that he is mentally... He can make anybody see whatever the hell they want. He could be mentally projecting his ability to walk to other people so So they can't see. Do you think that's that's what he's doing to make people think that he's alive again and not this other person who's totally different? Yeah, he could Hmm. be doing that too. Interesting. Hmm. But yet, it's I mean, still we in saw a in first, Okay, let's talk about first class now. We saw in first class how there was that truck full of soldiers, and he made them all like when the soldiers were other soldiers were checking it. They opened the back, and it looked like there was nobody in there. He can project the image. He can make people see whatever he wants them to. That's true. He can. He he's like the shadow. He can he can place images in people's minds. Don't you dare fucking put Professor X and the shadow in the same category <laughs> ever again. That's blasphemy. To be fair. Xavier is way more powerful. Yeah, I liked X Men First Class though a lot, yeah. a lot, good. a lot. I it was a it. really, it was redemption for X Three in my opinion. Except for um, I know, talking. I know you've got issues. Um, I really, however, okay, so I don't like the character of Emma Frost anyway. Oh, it's just that, you know, January Jones can't, um, what's well, that word? Act. act. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's exactly the point I was going to get to. I was like, I already don't like Emma Frost. And then why the hell did they have to make her January Jones? Like, this was their this was their opportunity to make Emma Frost, like, have make a good impression. Because, I mean, the, my problem is very, like, I just, I don't like the fact that she's, like... Unlikable? Well, she's really unlikable, and yeah, hi, let's make out with Cyclops on Jean Grey's grave. Like, that grosses mm-hmm. me out. Um. Yeah, right? Well, and the way that she was portrayed in the movie and the way that she has been portrayed in uh, the comics, too, a lot, is she uses... She's um, a slut. She exploits feminine wiles to yeah. manipulate people. Which, which is a bad example for, you know... You know female. what? No, no, no. If she needs to exploit her sexuality because that's what she has, that's fine as long as it makes sense. If that makes sense for her character, then awesome. I'm just, that's not something I relate to. It's just funny that she always acts like she's trying really hard to get a diamond, but why does she need one? Because she's made of diamonds. Right. (laughs) Right. There is that. Um, I only have one problem with X-Men First Class, and only one. Okay. Okay. Because the movie was, you're angry. It makes. Wait, wait, can I guess what it is? Yes. It's Michael Fassbender's accent. No! His teeth! <laughs> because it's not congruent with Ian McKellen's English accent. No. I do I like Michael Fassbender I, a lot in this movie. I, it's too many teeth for me. 
Michael Faxbender does not have to do Ian McKellen's voice he to has a lot of teeth. win me over. In the same way that James McAvoy didn't have to do Patrick Stewart's exact yeah. accent. Because they're not the same dialect. So, I'm okay with that. No, it goes back to, again, inconsistency with stories. Okay. Alex Summers. Mm. Scott Summers is younger brother. brother. And yet, in the 1960s, he is Havoc. When we're talking about 20 years before we yeah. even met Cyclops yeah. in the same storyline. Uh, what the fuck is that shit? But you know shit? what, Brian? For the movies, it's di- like we've said before, for the movies, it's a totally different universe. Because Cyclops obviously died in X3 and, and James Marsden is not in this movie. Cyclops is not going to be in Days of Future Past, so we but won't have him. Yeah. We won't have them meet at all and be like, wait a second, you're like, our mom and our dad are like the same, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can, yeah. I, again, it's separating. Yeah. They have I mean, to separate. Un- unless, they es- unless they establish, fine. I, I, fine. Okay. Fine. <laughs> it's ridiculous and it's unnecessary. It doesn't <laughs> right. serve the story to sure. make it to make it different. Oh my God, I just thought of something right now. Okay. But unless, hang on, unless the summer parents are fucking time travelers who all of a sudden they conceive Scott in one era and they go back and conceive Alex in another era and they just keep leapfrogging between time decades. They're time yeah. lords. It's okay. Yeah. So, Unless that's the only explanation I can see. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> so, so for things that need to be explained, we talked about young Professor X walking and I'm pretty sure my theory is correct, but we'll see. We've got Professor, older Professor X was supposed to jump into another body in the movie series, but he looks exactly the same. Now, why why is the guy that plays Beast not blue anymore? I thought he took that serum and now he's permanently blue. I guess and they're Harry, going, right? And there's also the fact that Hank McCoy is shown very quickly in X two yeah. in human yeah. form too. Oh, yeah. and X Hank, and X three. Kelsey course. Grammer. Kelsey Grammer is in Days of Future Past. Right. So how does one go from this like nerdy kid with no accent to being fucking you know? So I guess Niles. the way they're I think I think if they're going with Ultimate X Men storylines, I, I don't quote me on this because I, I haven't read it, the Ultimate X Men, but I think the Ultimate version of Beast, um, Hank McCoy, at one point could control the transformation. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, and because he does turn into the Blue Beast in the uh, Nicholas Holt version, uh, right. Before you see Kelsey Grammer well, version, I didn't know Grammer Grammer was going to be in it. That's awesome. There were. Older versions of the Beast in the 60s, 70s, early, early. Um, when he was not blue. When yeah. he was not blue and hairy. Yeah. And that's yeah. what they kind of imply with Nicholas Holt, too, because he didn't yeah. need the the blue fur to be the the mutation that he was. Right. He has the, the hand style. He just had the hand feet. feet. Right. The hand feet, exactly. Yeah. The hand feet. Yeah. They basically, feet. He, was, he was basically, uh, he literally had. Right. Um, feet for hands. <laughs> well, no, no, not just that. He had um, genotypes of, of an ape. Sure. Uh, he, he had certain teeth formations yeah. of an ape as well as uh, going back yeah. to going back to the cartoon series i fucking have been waiting so long for the beast in prison story like right yeah and that part of the comics is awesome because hank mccoy especially in uh the way that kelsey Grammer played him and the way he is in the comics has always been a diplomat and been very peaceful mm-hmm. so it was so odd that he was one that was was in prison for i'm not sure what it was for was it for killing somebody no i think he was in prison because he was blue (laughs) i I think it was i think he was framed for something and he didn't he wasn't pushing the like issue or whatever because he believes in the justice system yeah and he's he's a man of ideals (laughs) and philosophy right yeah so he sits there and, and he just when I so when I went back and rewatched um, the animated series, just the Days of Future Past episodes, I loved it because uh, Rogue and Gambit go to visit him in jail, and they're like, 
dude, you know we can bust you out of here, like, in two <laughs> seconds, right? And he's like, yeah, but I'd prefer to wait, and they're going to let me out soon. And it was really funny just because um, I think, like, Beast then pries open the jail bars, lets them out, and then closes them back. And nice. it's just, like, it was such a nice little moment. It's like, no, obviously <laughs> we could get out of here. But he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm trying to set an example. An example. Yeah. yeah. And I, I thought that was great. So doubling, doubling back for a second, what did you guys think of Kelsey Grammer as Beast? Loved it. I thought I he was awesome. Like... He was, I think, one of the only redeemable parts of X3. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, mean, I love when he when he's doing like giving his very diplomatic like uh, like talking to somebody when they're fighting, and then he just starts like clawing people, and he's like, "Oh, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, you get the point exactly. Oh, no, you get the point." And he just is clawing people <laughs> apart. I mean, he really captured the intelligence and the classy mm-hmm. yeah. side to Beast. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and him trying to fit into the old X-Men uniform that was like all tearing <laughs> yeah. at the seams. <laughs> was clever, yeah. I, I really appreciate, though, I mean, I mean, you know Kelsey Grammer got that because of Frasier. If he was never yeah. if he was never Frasier Crane, he would they would have gone somebody else. Uh, and he, he also shows. got that because of the yeah. co- because of the cartoon series because the cartoon series the voice of Beast is very similar to Kelsey Grammer's voice. Yeah. Very, very so similar. they picked Kelsey Grammer because of the iconic performance by the guy who did it in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that cartoon sense. has a lot to do with these movies. Oh, it's yeah. It's crazy to think about it. Yeah. Well, and it's because it's that was it, well, and the animated series itself did not stray that that far away from the comics. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a really easy, approachable second step. Step yep. one, comics. Step two, animated series. Third step, movies. Fourth step, profit. profit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first class, we all agree, awesome. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. And the end of X-Men First Class was the first time that we ever saw in any comic book movie, except for Spider-Man, <laughs> a exact perfect fucking costume when they show Magneto with the red helmet with the little, like, uh-huh. hood ornament on the front of it. <laughs> uh-huh. I... Blew such a hot fucking arcing rope of jism into all of the rows ahead of me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. When I saw that shit, I'm gonna I'm gonna correct you on that one for a second. The helmet was 100% 60s comic book, but he was wearing a suit, like a blazer no, with a big old draping. Red looked like almost like a you know like a. I will happily London look up the screenshot coat. from this movie because mm-hmm. I. I remember it vividly, and I think the costume he's got in Days of Future Past with the jumpsuit, that is like, oh my god, that is exactly yeah. Magneto from the comic books. Mm. Um, well, later comic books. From later comic books, yes. Do we want to talk about what we expect from this new movie? Coming? Yes, what do we expect from Days of Future Past? What do you want it to do for or to you? Mm. Um, well, Sean, oh, you can't see it, yeah. but I'm seeing here, if you guys wouldn't mind describing it for me. Um, it looks like a jacket and a cloak, but again, with a very convincing 1960s Magneto helmet. Nice. Yeah, oh no, the, the helmet was like faux yeah, show. It's not a body It looks suit. like a good middle point, you know, yeah. a step from the one we saw in first class to the ones we see in the newer episodes. Yes, uh, I like the fact right. that it's got the, more the recent freaking magnet on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Days of Future Past. So yes, I want it to jerk me off while simultaneously having a finger in my butt and milking my prostate. <laughs> Okay. Wow. I mean, (laughs) I'm just really looking forward to a nice dinner and really getting to know it um, and then getting into the freaky stuff. But I mean, let's start off slow. (laughs) Like we said, we've been here. Real life. Real life is satisfaction. You know, sometimes money is exchanged. 
we t- not we t- buying dinner or a movie ticket. You just hand the money over, and then things happen to you, and then everybody goes home. You know what, Sean? We said this before, like with Star Wars. I've been hurt before. I'm taking That's slow. True. All right, <laughs> approaching with caution. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. We can't trust Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, 100%. you can't trust them. No, I say anything between like 48 and 64%, like anybody could like it, they could not like it. But anything that's like 20% and below or like 85% and above is guaranteed Pretty to, you know, respectively on. suck yeah. or be awesome. Hang on a second. Sarah's either winding up to take a curveball or she's getting really, really antsy. So I just want to talk about it! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in the original story of D- uh, Days of Future Past, it's Kitty Pride that goes back in time. Because yes. she's got the ability to, like, go through... Phase through matter. Phase yes. through matter, yeah. So they're able to use that in order to send her back in time. And then in the animated series, Wolverine meets Bishop in the dystopian future, which is very accurate. But they send Bishop back in time. Now, from the very little bit, because I did the bad thing, and I went onto Wikipedia, and they've got the entire fucking plot up there already. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why I'm I don't know how it. accurate it is, because obviously it's Wikipedia. However, I kind of started it, and what they're... Because I just wanted to kind of get the context of how it's going to work, because it's not Kitty Pride who goes back. It's not no. Bishop who goes back, although Bishop is in it, and I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Um, but it is actually... They use Kitty Pride to send Wolverine back. I'm not surprised that they made this decision because Wolverine is has always been the most marketable character. Right. So yeah, I'm sure that's why they're doing Kitty it. Kitty Pride back and make her the focus of the story. You would have to go back in time and make the first make her way more prevalent a character in the X Men yeah. movie and and give her an origin one. story instead of Wolverine. Yeah. So I mean, we just care more about Wolverine, which is why we're sending him back. That's I think is pretty much why that's happening. Um. I, I'm just I'm just very, very interested because I feel like when you do the Days of Future Past thing and you're kind of going into the future, I, there's just so many opportunities from where is this going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about what's going to happen in the movie. I'm excited about what's going to happen after the movie. I really want to know if Cable is ever going to be introduced into this. Oh, um, yeah, Cable. Well, how are you going to introduce Cable if, if Cyclops is dead? That is why I'm so interested. Like, that was, like, really frustrating <laughs> well, to me that when know, they killed him, I was like, wait a minute, if they did that, then you can't have Cable, right? Because he was uh, Cyclops and Jean Grey's son. Not no, Jean Grey. Not Jean Grey. Uh, it was Jean Grey's clone. Jean, her uh, clone. Which is, uh, I can't remember her name, but it's a totally different name. But yeah. they look they look identical. Right. Um, or, like, or you're never going to have Rachel Summers who takes on the name of Phoenix. Right, because that's the daughter of... Uh, yeah. Of, yeah, exactly. There's, and, the, and, and as well as Nathan Summers' X-Man, which yeah. is the other version of... Uh, Cable. Right. I said earlier that Cyclops is not in this movie, although, you know, you can't really kill people in superhero movies. He could be in there somewhere. It might be a surprise that's waiting for us. I didn't, like Sarah, I was looking at the Wikipedia entry and started reading down and was like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Like all of it. No, 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 no. And I just closed my laptop. Yeah, that's what you had to do because I'm like, no, no, surprise me. Yeah. So I did read a little bit of it and I did actually read the entire comic series, which I bought when I was in California because in California they have these things called comic book shops, not here in the fucking mountains. Mm. No, you guys got plenty of I read the whole thing. There is not going to be much of that comic series besides the main theme in right. that movie because at the time um kitty pride is sent back to the 80s and the 80s x-men team is wolverine colossus storm nightcrawler nightcrawler's not gonna be in this at all nightcrawler's a huge part of those that comic series. i love alan cumming as Nightcrawler. i love mm. alan cumming too kurt wagner 
<laughs> also, at the Munich Circus, I was known as the Incredible Nightcrawler. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of Robert. <laughs> right? Because he would bamf in and bamf out. Yeah. Um, he would. Aww. But wow. I will say, um, so that was the other thing I noticed, too, is that Days of Future Past, they go from one era, they go actually from 2013, which is funny, uh, from 2013 back to the 1980s in the comics, and then they just kind of shifted that up, so they go from the 2020s to the 1990s, and in this one, they're going from the 2020s, they're going to go back to... I think it's early 70s. Yeah, okay, but they but they do three jumps, I think. Hmm. From yeah, what I, I, from that's what it looks like. It looks like they're all over the place. Yeah, it looks like they're doing three different time periods. Yeah, because in the comic book, Kitty Pride just spoilers anybody. Kitty Pride just has to. This is another thing. The thing that starts the Sentinels because the Sentinels are a huge part, and Sentinels yeah. are what basically render the mutants extinct in the future, right? So what starts the whole the government wants to make Sentinels thing is that Senator Robert Kelly, who died in the first movie, so you can't use him, yeah. was going to be assassinated and Kitty Pride just had to go back in time to stop the assassination. Right. And as soon as she does, she immediately is tr- is gone right back to her time. That's what happened with Bishop in the animated series, but when he goes back, it's still really effed up. Right. I agree. There's been so much that's been changed that it's like you have to you have to pretty much reframe the story mm-hmm. and basically keep time travel as the one thing that's consistent and some of the characters. Well, and, and dystopian Sentinels. future. Yeah. And, and Sentinels. And Sentinels. And fucking Trask. Can I just say super Although, excited for Peter Dinklage yeah. playing Trask? Yes, I am excited too, but it turns out in the comic, it's actually Sebastian Shaw and <gasps> Shaw Industries, Kevin no. Bacon's character, that makes that makes the Sentinels. What? Shut up, really? But yeah, is it, well, wow. it's, I got one, there's one issue, the very last issue in it I haven't read yet. So unless they did that all in one issue that Shaw dies and then Trask takes over. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for my idiocy. It turns out in the comic books that Sebastian Shaw wanted to fund the Sentinel program, but Trask actually created them. My bad for not doing all my homework and now back to the podcast. Brian? That's what it is in that comic. It's Shaw that wants to make the Sentinels. Like you said, you cannot kill comic book characters, really, because they will always come back. How do we know for sure he's really dead? Hmm. I really do love Kevin Bacon, though. Kevin Bacon was fantastic. He was really good. I was, I, when I first saw him, I'm like, what? Yeah. Kevin Bacon, what are you doing in a comic book movie? You don't belong here. And then I was kind of like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah. I loved bringing him in from like Eric Lencher yeah. back in the 40s. Like that was like so effed up. It was. Yeah. It was dark. It was really dark. It was good yeah. though. And of January course, Jones just had to ruin it for us. Exactly. She just, she just sucks. Oh mm. my god! I, so I watch Mad Men, and since ever since I saw her, like just as as Betty Draper, and I'm just like, oh, she's kind of well. I mean, she's playing the cardboard housewife really yeah. well. And then I saw X Men First Class, and I'm like, oh no. Oh, my bad. She just sucks She's ass. just empty inside. <laughs> She's so, just terrible. She leaves you feeling we, empty inside. Yeah. And I just love the... I love Hugh Jackman's cameo in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's man. Like, he's yeah. Like, I'm okay. Charles Xavier. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then. Which makes me wonder. I'm like, how cool would it be if, like, he crosses his own timeline and, oh like, meets himself? Ah! It's like, by the way, um... Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Bullets. Stay away from them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. You know, right. <laughs> you know we talked fucking about... adamantium bullet. That's yeah. ridiculous. I, know, I, know. I like how we talked about how Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen have such good chemistry as Xavier and Professor X. 
Uh, Xavier Ma- and Magneto. Excuse me, yeah, Xavier and Magneto. We also, in the same vein, James McAvoy and uh, Michael Fassbender. Holy shit. Did a great job. Yeah. Great together. Great so job great. capturing that that relationship because this is one of the most iconic relationships ever. This is this is Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. This is Holmes and Moriarty. As if way. they're like yeah. friends. Yeah. <laughs> right. God, so good. It's it's intense. It's so good. Right. <laughs> you know, it's true, true. And it it's really funny too because when you look at Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, before working on X-Men, they'd only done one production together. Really? Yeah. You would think that these guys, like, had this whole history. Well, they're from the same part of England. Yeah. But they've only done one play uh. together, and they use that as just kind of their framework for building their relationship. And since then, they've done a ton of work together. And now they're BFFs uh, for life, forever. Yeah. Uh, they really freaking, are in real life. I, I, I would have killed. Yeah. I would have killed to see that production of Waiting for Godot. It's already mm. one of my favorite plays. I would have killed to see that. And I love their little Twitter relationship. Yeah. yeah. All the pictures of them on Twitter just make my heart explode with my happy. My favorite one is Patrick Stewart in the bathtub wearing the lobster suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love uh, I loved when they were wearing the Seahawks and the, the Broncos things yep. for the Super Bowl. Yep. And I love, love, love Ian McKellen's custom-made t-shirt. I'm Magneto and Gandalf. Fucking deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Oh, no. Dude. But it was, I'm Magneto, I'm Gandalf, I'm gay. Deal with it. Oh, yeah. Because right. yes. that was the point. Yes. So good. So days of future past, we're all expecting good things. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. we're, we're just we're It's got a time. 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, Ooh. so it's looking good. I've heard things along the lines of not since X-Men 2 has a director so perfectly captured the proper emotional gravity of what these characters are supposed to be going through right. and actually wow. helping us to relate to them. Because that's the one thing about the X-Men movies. The X-Men movies, they're, they're such huge ensemble pieces that there's more chances for us to relate to each character and put us into the story more than, say, a Spider-Man or Batman or Superman. Yeah. I mean, Brian, you mentioned how everyone's kind of experienced intolerance at one point in their life. And yes. I think... X-Men does a really good job at focusing in on that and how it's, yeah. it applies on a big scale, surely, you know, with mutants and on that, mm-hmm. that whole thing. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Sean. There, there is a certain element of relatability on here that you don't see in many other superhero um, anthologies. Yeah, well, I mean, it, intolerance is such a universal theme. Mm-hmm. You know, it binds culture. It, sorry, I should say it transcends culture. It transcends time. It transcends everything. Because everyone at some point or another has been picked on, yeah, you know, yeah, to to varying degrees, sure. And when you've got that powerful of a theme, you know, you can't help but get people to to identify with to it in some way. Yeah, and if you just look at the, the 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 range of ages of the characters, you watch the first X Men movie, someone who's in their late sixties to early seventies can help relate to Charles or to Eric. And then you have, you know, you show all these kids who are just coming into the school because they've been, you know, tormented their whole life or looked out as outcasts. You've got kids that look at it that way. It's just such a huge right. spectrum of characters to relate to that every it speaks to everybody. Everybody can find something they love about X-Men. Mm-hmm. And now we're really going to get the tweens because they just cast Channing Tatum as Gambit. Oh, my God. <laughs> <that's like> right. <laughs> yeah, so X-Men awesome. Apocalypse, everybody. 2016. Oh, shit. Yeah, so, which it's already planned. Like they've already got it slated. They're already casting. So, they're, they're are they gonna? New. Are they gonna write in like Taylor Kitsch gets into like some sort of accident where he turns into <laughs> no. All of a sudden, no, they're just they're just gonna recast it. Just I'm, gonna recast. They're it. just uh, gonna recast it. It, w- it wouldn't be the first time that stuff like this has happened. That's true. So 
Um, yes, it's true. Just So just let it happen. And I, it's, it's I, probably for the best. Okay, maybe not for the best, but for the better. <laughs> I, okay. Channing Tatum... Has proven himself. He has proven himself. He's He is a good actor. We know he's got some chops. We also know that he is actually a Southern boy. His dad's from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So... So he can do the Cajun... He could probably do the Cajun accent. Mm-hmm. My only concern is that... And I love Gambit. Okay. Gambit was probably like my comic book crush. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I fuck him. <laughs> and um, I think that... He's missing the the fiery red hair and the headpiece. You can dye that. That that's fine. Whatever. I think he must wear the headpiece. He must wear the headpiece. He, <laughs> he has must to do. wear the headpiece. Well, I don't know. Jean, no Jean Grey it. didn't wear her '90s headpiece either. Because no, it has but no they, that, was the, no, that was the common headpiece for like all the X Men characters. Yeah. Angel had that same yeah, headpiece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gambit had that. Jean had that. It was like, the well, 80s. Wolverine, had, were in, Wolverine okay. had his own weird headpiece too that right. they just didn't have. They just made his hair do it. <laughs> yeah, just, let's give him wings. <laughs> Why? Well, it was always obvious that his because. hair looked like that underneath. I yeah. think they had to make the mask like that to hold to the hold hair. the hair. That's in. funny. His hair is so powerful. No, that th- it bends the cow. Yes. It, would, it would be funny if he put on what looked like a Lone Ranger mask, and once he put it on his head, it just like stuck out like that <laughs> by itself. No, I think what's missing is the fact that Gambit is kind of scrappy. He is kind of. So you don't think change? Tatum has his swagger. I think I think there's a little bit of swagger that's missing. I think Channing Tatum's mm. probably gonna have to lose a lot of muscle and maybe be, ah, be lean down. up a little bit more. I think Not so. Bulk, Taylor Kitsch matched mm-hmm. the yeah, gambit that closer, we imagined. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. But I think talent-wise, Channing Tatum has more to offer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Gambit was the yeah. was the one hero everybody really wanted in the X-Men, and that was a huge problem before the first mm-hmm. X-Men movie came out. Yeah. That Gambit wasn't in it because he was a lot of people's favorite part of the cartoon. Mm. And the dynamic between him and Rogue and like the sexual tension that so was very good. similar to the way yeah. Wolverine and Gene did. They, I, there needs to be a, a Gambit and and Dave would say this. Let's make a superhero rom com about <laughs> Gambit and Rogue. Oh my God, please! I mean, it, really, that's just ripe for the physical comedy of the fact that every single time Rogue, Rogue goes to touch him, she's stealing his powers. Basically, <laughs> no, no, no. That's what I always hated about that. I was like, Rogue's like, oh, I can never be touched by. What the fuck are condoms for? <laughs> Well, like, so wow. stop the so, skin from sucking all your power away. Okay, so there's that, but there's also the fact that pretty much he's got to be in a body condom. Yes, to, uh, full to do. body. No, 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 no. You gun. just get one that goes around the waist. It's like you pull it up like like huggies, pull ups, right? And then you put your dick in it. What do you think Rogue is? Pretty the woman. The part, there needs you know, to be some smooching. So I just get this. You keep I'm sorry. Up in the air. Don't grab I her, just, even though you want to grab those big. Oh my God! Shut your hands up in the air. I like where this is going. I'm getting this this really dark BDSM scene in my head and I don't want that to happen. That's exactly what we need in the X-Men. I just imagine just full body latex Suits. Do you remember Naked Gun when they had that sex scene and they yes, did and, use and they're like, giant yeah. body condoms? Yes, giant body condoms. Yes. They just got to rub on you know each what? other. We need <laughs> X-Men D- D-O-F-P shouldn't be days of future past. It should be days of full penetration. We need to see full penetration in X-Men movies. Oh my god, that would be the, oh my god. Wow. the day. Sean, I'm pretty sure Steve is like your number one fan right now. <laughs> His face is turning red because he like can't laugh really. He's I laughing silently, it. which is I love hilarious it. to watch. Um, 
Guys, we I think we've do we have everything else we want to say? Is like is there anything else, anything else that people? I mean, I I have a lot of strong opinions about the Wolverine Origins movie yeah. because I, my favorite yeah. comic of the series is Wolverine Origins, and I was really disappointed in the fact that they didn't, they didn't follow that mm. comic stylistically because it was beautifully done. Or um, Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Yeah, right. Oh, by the way, Ryan Reynolds will play Deadpool in the Deadpool movie. They haven't really? stopped that. Okay. Well, there's hope. Yeah, I know. I, but the thing is, they got Ryan some Reynolds is perfect do. for that character, but the way that the, the script was just terrible because yeah. Deadpool's a mouthy, sarcastic dude, but that movie was, there was too much going on in it. And yeah. they. Uh, he doesn't have fucking I like parts glass of it. either. I still like parts mm. of it. Anyway, I guess that's, that's really my only thing about X Men that I really wanted yeah. to contribute. Yeah. Meh. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm just. Nah. I'm stoked. I am so super stoked. As long as Marvel keeps making movies, I will be a happy camper. Amen, I've never, sister. I've never been much of a DC person. I've just, it's always been Marvel for me. And yeah. I think I mentioned a few episodes ago. There are like some things that get me really excited in life, and seeing that Marvel logo happen right before a movie just mm. does it. I. Love it. I think the only thing that DC's ever offered to me that is kind of mutant-related is this one comic series called Gen 13. Mm. And it was focused on these teenagers who were all given superpowers. Okay. Or, yeah, they were kind of... I don't know if they were given or they were born that way. I don't remember. Um, But it was done... It was illustrated by J. Scott Campbell, who's a really... uh, Let's just say controversial in the sense that his depictions of women... In particular, mm. um, go check out Danger Girl if you want to. If you're a comics fan, you'll see his portrayals of women. Oh yeah, I see you. I see you googling that, that out Steve. So you can look at yeah. It. Well, J. Scott Campbell. It can't knows be as bad draw. as Power Girl. Oh god, with her giant fucking tatas hanging out. <gasps> oh lord. Anyway, uh, go check out Gen Thirteen. Uh, it's a good comic series, really well illustrated, pretty pretty well scripted, and I think it's DC's answers to kind of the Marvel X Men universe. But okay weaker but still somewhat interesting i think a good way to wrap this up would be to say to our fans if any of you have the means and you can make an internet video about different female superheroes like about their tits getting in the way because they they're drawn (laughs) like their tits are so huge but just make this funny video about how so many things have gone wrong because their giant tits that somebody else drew got in the way and like ruined everything save that idea Save that idea. <laughs> Bank it. Sarah, what are you doing? I, w- I will. Well, I was actually going to go up and, and grab this. Uh, I have a. I do have a Invisible Woman card. Oh. Where she is wearing, effectively, a swimsuit. <gasps> right. A, a one piece, quote it's, unquote. It's a bare midriff, basically. But it's bare midriff, and it also has the four on her logo, the Fantastic Four logo. The four is cut out, so you see cleavage in the four. Oh yeah. my god. It is filthy. Oh my god. And completely impractical. I stop exposing the most important thing that you need to keep protected, which is your heart and lungs. How does that (laughs) we we had this conversation about He-Man, okay, where his costume was really just illogical. And you can't translate that into real life. It's really hot in Eternia. You You need to have exposed skin or you'll just die from heat stroke. Folks, I have a theory. Is it too much to say it's a distraction? Oh, really, Brian? Really? Uh, you know, oh, yeah. no. In all cases above. I will You're say, I've Gray, tried that enough in awesome pool and it doesn't work. powers <laughs> needs giant tits to distract somebody. God There's just some it. strong-minded men you were playing. I'm we, just saying, I've tried it and it doesn't work. <laughs> Can we have an anime episode where we just talk about how tits have gotten bigger 
or just how tits are a central focus theme in like tits are a central focus theme on earth like it's not (laughs) (laughs) in real life okay let's do a whole episode about that earth's fascination with the human tit yeah (laughs) singular Freud and not the bird (laughs) yeah right (laughs) all right so uh let's get into some listener feedback shall we listener feedback yeah I just I thought this was kind of funny. I saw this on Facebook the other day. I have uh, two really really good friends of mine are total nerd girls, and they're I consider them my best friends. And their names are Tanya Odishu and Gina Giovanetti. And it was just funny how Facebook kind of organized it. But their status updates were next to each other, and they were the two nerdiest status updates I have seen in the longest time. All right. And I just thought it was really hilarious how they kind of coincided together. And Tanya's goes, um, you know what makes studying for poli sci much more fun? Legend. Zelda Skywalker Symphony Orchestra CD. A pencil and scantron? I'm taking a fairy, a sword, and a really cool brown chick bodyguard. Nice. (laughs) And then Gina's status update following that is making a literature-themed dinner while wearing my The Raven shirt from the Poe House in Baltimore. Thanks, Mom. It's a very lit-centric day. And then she goes on to make this, um, this, like, food that is a reference to I'm pretty sure it's a reference to uh what's the David Lynch movie Dune oh where it has like this she made this like butternut squash on rice concoction where it what? looked like one of the the like sandworms that comes out <laughs> and God. the rice is basically the spice <laughs> oh my god I was like that is literally that, the nerdiest food I've ever that seen that is the nerdiest thing I've ever heard and I am who I am so that says a lot that's amazing doesn't it yeah. my friends are good nerd girls I love them. We have some feedback f- via social media. Uh, one's from Carlos, the uh, guy you seemed to piss off while I was gone. Um, no, you were here when we pissed him off. I know. Here I'm just saying it because I like to blame. Um, <laughs> uh, Carlos says, guys, thank you. I wasn't expecting an answer. I think it's really great how you acknowledge your listeners. I can't wait for the show. Keep up the great work. Thank Carlos, you. Carlos, we, we value the relationship with our listeners very very much so yes if we get called out on our shit we will yeah. we'll address it yes we do care. and we've transferred all of our hate to plenty of other countries as yeah. we heard last episode yeah. as sean had yeah. said <laughs> sean will take the brunt of it and he will apologize for all yes. of us i will We're... yeah yeah fuck nicaragua by the way so we can, <laughs> sure so we can get more out the nicaraguas you those people are terrible we do yeah. absolutely value our relationship with our listeners we are here to listen if you want to tell us your problems, we will listen to your problems and maybe we'll read them on air. Who knows? Call but in. I'm a just know, training. Just know that we <laughs> we want to be here for you. Yeah. We will stroke the shaft and cradle the balls because yeah. we care it's that much. The load. We wow. love you. About you. Swallow yeah. the load. <laughs> yeah. You know wow, what? Wow. That's that's <laughs> we're swallowers. That's, we that, can't help that, it. That, that's that, that we right love there. our listeners. Oh, wait, but you know what? For the female aspect of that, though, too, since you're saying cradle the balls and stuff, if, if you're a female, we will we will give you a nice minivan. We will find the G-spot. Give you a nice minivan? Does everybody know the minivan? Oh, That's two my shot. Sh- sh- that you didn't go sexually with that. Two you went the front, straight to the stereotype. Two in the front, five in the back, the minivan. <laughs> to the Sean. Two in the front, one in the back. I'm, I'm, oh, 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 my God, Sean. Oh, I cannot believe no. you guys did not get that. No. Right when he oh, held up his hands. I got it. I didn't see that. <laughs> oh dear god so i have a piece of feedback from twitter okay our I good friend not. tom i love tom i love tom he sent hey. this to me tom <laughs> is the best the tom you're our favorite australian listener he we sent it you. to me on twitter like a script nice. it said me listen to nof girl sounds interesting two days later girl says 
I can't believe you said that about their dead grandma. No sex for Tom. <laughs> no, no sex for Tom. I was going to try and help him out, too. I was going to... I know, we're trying to help him out. Like, no, he didn't know about our grandmas before he said that. We just said that after he said that about our grandmas. Well, I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't going to say that, but, you know, I was like, hey, is your lady on Twitter? Turns out it's not actually his lady, but um, it's a girl that we said something about naked wrestling time, but I was like, I was going to try and, I was going to try and wing for him and like naked give him a little shout out or whatever time. and like try yeah. and help him out. But that's cool. Hey, actually, if you need help getting laid, just hit us up on Twitter. Um, <laughs> speaking of, uh, of grandmothers, actually ours would have been 79 today. Oh, happy yeah. birthday to grandmother. To We're nine. really yeah. sorry about Nani. the minivan comment. Yeah. <laughs> So, ouch! Sorry, I just brought it down a notch. I'm sorry, I didn't it's mean right. to do that. Uh, it's okay. But Tom, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh goodness. <laughs> Anywho, on that note, yes, we have two days till Days of Future Past. I urge all of our fans to fucking see it this weekend because next week we're probably going to devote ten or twenty minutes in the beginning to talking about what we thought about it. Mm, yep. Mm. So Agreed. just to give you a spoiler alert now, don't listen to the first like fifteen minutes of our next podcast if you don't see it. And also whip yourself with a cat of nine tails, fucking scarlet letter style for yes. being such a horrible human. Like Self-flagellation <laughs> is the only way to redeem yourself. I will be wearing a salise around my left thigh, just in proper Catholic fashion, just to make go. sure that I keep myself in check. Fucking nerds. Um, um, I, uh, I'm kidding. I won't do that. Um, Dave and I will be going to the 10 p.m. showing As uh, on the West Coast. Steve and I are going to go there, too. So sweet. So we'll probably be tweeting the shit out of that. Uh, while we're not waiting. during the movie. Obviously. Not during the movie, of course. No, yes, yes, during the movie. Yeah, <laughs> fuck all those, those ads. People. When it comes to turning off your cell phone, horse shit. Oh people God. just don't know how to do it right. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm yeah, kidding. you just gotta turn your screen brightness down and turn your sound off. It's very easy. And like, use your jacket to like cover up your phone a little bit and just kind of look. I've done that. I've done that on a Hell little bit. Uh, on the down low. Yeah. <laughs> so who wants to do the donation bit tonight? Give us your money. I'll do it. All that you can. Roxy's going to do it. All right. <laughs> I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to make a plea to our listeners. If you love us and if you want us in your life, give us your money. <laughs> we appreciate any and all monetary, emotional, physical... I don't know how you can do a physical donation because we don't digital? exactly. Well, maybe digital. Any any monetary donation is cool. Uh, I think PayPal can do at least mm-hmm. yeah, um, a dollar. Yeah, but we don't have a limit beyond that. So there you go. Give it. Mean, I think our most recent donation. I don't know. Was since when? When was the last time we got money? <laughs> can um, we talk about that? It's been a little while. It's been it's been a minute. Um, but yeah. Oh oh oh! oh you yay! Guys. Steve gave us money. Steve gave he us, gave us a dollar. Bands make your dance. Okay, dance. Oh, oh yes. Hey, Star Wars Seven is shooting, right? Nice. We didn't talk about that. They're in production. We we mentioned it. We All mentioned right. it. But we didn't talk about that flick though, did we? No, mm-hmm. we didn't. We'll have to mention that some other time. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. We yeah. fucked up. Until well, next we time. Like two years to talk about Bat Fleck before yeah. it happens. So next week on Nerds on Film, <laughs> Bat Fleck <laughs> <laughs> and X Men Days of Full Penetration review. Yeah. Days of Future recap. Can we call uh, it Dicks of Future or Dicks, Dicks of, of Full Penetration? Dicks <laughs> of Full Penetration. That's yeah. that's the porn parody coming so later on. Porn parodies people's jobs for them right wow. now. Coming indeed, Brian. Triple X Men Dicks of Full Penetration. <laughs> 
<laughs> more time. Wait, we should just only have a camera on Brian for some of the looks he gives. <laughs> yes, all of them. <laughs> anyway, guys, until next week, stay nerdy and tune in to us then. Same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonomy.com. See ya! Bye! Later! And roll credits. And now, famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. You should have killed me when you had the chance!